Do you want to know how to overcome any obstacle as an entrepreneur, even if you're in the hole and about to go bankrupt and lose everything? Hey, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Tom Antian from Screw the Commute. Now, Tom started making money online back in 1994. And he's a multi-millionaire many times over and has many, many, many incredible businesses and is the guy to listen to about having a mindset to make it as an entrepreneur. In this podcast episode, Tom and I talk about how to train to have a great mindset to overcome any obstacle, massive obstacles that you may never think that you could overcome with where you're at right now today. But we talk about how to train to be able to get to that level. We also talk about how it's easy to have a good mindset when things are going good, but it's very hard to make the right decisions when things don't go to plan. And we talk about what you should do when things do really go pear-shaped and how you can make the right decisions to ensure you come out of that situation the best possible way that you can. Tom also shares many of his tales on on which one he shares, which is how he was actually gifted a hotel when he was still in college and shares a lesson on why that happened and the principle that he learned from that lesson that he still uses today. Tom and I also talk about the myth of the self-made entrepreneur and also how the ego is the biggest dream killer for entrepreneurs. We talk about so much awesomeness in this episode. It's such a valuable podcast. You're absolutely going to love it. Jump in and enjoy. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish, so from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you, but again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Do you want to start investing in websites, but don't want to drop $20,000 or more on your first investment? Check out Odis, where you can buy premium age domains to build a website on and add Odis done for you affiliate site package to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium domain with built-in authority, great SEO, and fresh quality content for your website. Head to odys.link forward slash Bob podcast to check out their great deals. That's odys.link forward slash B-O-B podcast. Link will be in the description too. Tom, thank you so much for coming on the Buying Online Businesses podcast. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, man. It's a lot of fun. I love uh, love the concept of it for sure. Cool. Well, we might dive into buying sites through this episode, but I really wanted to talk about your journey as an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for quite a while. Before we do, I just want to just put a bookmark and let people know that, yes, I had this weird brown slug thing on my face. My surfboard decided to attack me a couple of weeks ago. So I suffered a minor <laughs> head injury and got some stitches. And uh, this is a little bandage that's just helping me heal up. So if everybody 
That's one well, that all ex- uh, that also explains having me on. You had a head injury, so I was thinking, I'll get this guy on, and, and you didn't think about it too much. <laughs> well, I I'd stop booking people on, <laughs> in for quite a while, and we had an email exchange that I hadn't gotten back to because of my face. So I was like, let's right, get Tom on. I'm I'm ready to roll now. So it's this will be fun. This will be good. So Tom. I think we were just chatting. Forty-four years formally, you've been in business, and you and sixty—is it sixty years informally when you were you started around ten? No, no, I'm. I just turned. I just turned sixty-six, and so when I was about ten years old, I started doing all kinds of entrepreneurial things. Uh, I sold my first used car when I was fifteen. And I didn't even have a driver's license or permit at the time. So, and then uh, by the time I graduated from college, I owned five apartment buildings and a hotel, and uh, all starting with nothing. So, so yeah, I've been entrepreneurial all my life. Never had a job. That's why my podcast is called Screw the Commute, which uh, you're going to be on here very shortly. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. So yeah, so I've uh, been uh, up and down all around in the entrepreneurial world. That's for sure. Yeah, cool. So. You're all about screwing the commute and I'm the same. Like my story is that I used to drive an hour and a half to work and work a job that I hated. Mm. You know, I was plumbing and it's that is still so normal. Not for me and, and a lot of people in my circles now, but it is the norm. People driving to work and usually work that's – fulfilling for the first couple of years and then we we start to realize like this is not making me happy anymore so a lot of people come to you tom and, and want to get out of that that whole race that rat race of, uh, of driving to work mm-hmm. you know a job that we're not fancying at all but it's hard it being a business owner is is really really hard and over your time span right well over majority of your life, well over 50% of your life, you've been an entrepreneur. What's the biggest reason that you see people wanting to get out of that nine to five? Well, they uh, they hate being under someone else's thumb. Mm. And I hate that too. I mean, I'm totally unemployable. I mean, because some person is my boss that's the, the CEO's cousin that's an idiot and I'm supposed <laughs> to listen and, and bow down to that person. That just yes. doesn't that just doesn't fly in my world. And then also when you look at my resume, it almost sounds like BS because if you're in in traffic a couple hours a day making somebody else rich and all the other things that go along with it, all the expenses and everything, you can live two or three extra lives. So not being able to really live your life to the fullest is one of them. And that's why we call it a lifestyle business, because mm-hmm. you can sit however you want it. I mean, I'm kind of a fanatic. I've already been around the world lots of times speaking and, and stuff. So I'm happy to stay home. But some people want to be, oh, I have one uh, friend of mine's a digital nomad, they, he's called. He's, he lives three months in every different country, as long as the visa will stay. And then he moves to a different country, he and his wife, and they're just having a blast. And they're still making lots of money. In fact, they're making more money because they got rid of their house. They got rid of their car, their insurance and all this stuff. And he told me that international insurance is cheaper than health insurance is cheaper than USA insurance. (laughs) So they're making bank and just living a blast. And they, yeah, they work half a day, you know, so um, beautiful, 
And so, so people can live a life if they're doing their own business. Yeah, I agree. This is the main reason I got into the online space. People that don't know, you know, I typed into Google like how to travel the world and make money online because much like your friend who's a digital nomad, that's what I wanted to do. And I became a travel blogger and, and mm-hmm. tried to start my own online businesses. Eventually, that didn't work out and I started buying them. And by my third, after my third business I bought, I did exactly what your, your buddies are doing. I went and traveled for a year and a half and I surfed my way through Central America and South America. And that was the goal. That was the, the major goal is like I didn't want to be rich. Like I didn't want to be a gazillionaire. I didn't want mm-hmm. to have a big, massive team. I just wanted to be able to have time to be able to travel, see the world, surf. And, you know, I'd probably work, I wouldn't say I worked half a day. I probably worked two to three days a week on my businesses and the rest I could sort of, so it was opposite. You know, I would take a weekend to work two or three days and then I would kind of spend the rest to adventure. And it's more than possible, like we're seeing so many different opportunities pop up in ways, not just buying your site, to do it online. Now, with the startups, now the startups are hard. Why do you think starting an online business is so hard, Tom? Well, I don't, uh, I think it's only because of the lack of knowledge of the people doing it. Because with the digital world now, it's 97% profit for to make ebooks. I mean, I have one ebook I wrote in 4 hours at a layover at an airport and it's so far it's brought in as of this morning 3.64 million dollars and it's 97% profit and online courses are 97% profit membership sites. So you have to mess you know really try to mess up <laughs> to not be able to to at least make it if with that profit margin, because most businesses have a really thin profit margin. So I think uh, the lack of knowledge. And so what you're doing when you're buying an existing business, as long as you do your due diligence, somebody figured out all that stuff out in that business. Yeah. And so it's, it's almost like buying a franchise, but you don't have to pay franchise fees for the rest of your life. So it's not a bad way to go if you don't want to learn all this stuff from scratch like I did. Yeah, this is the this is the journey that I took is I went around in circles trying to – I knew nothing about an online business and I struggled to try and work out how to build them. And it wasn't until I bought a business that I had resources to be able to at least make mistakes and not be affected. So when I bought – my first few businesses, I was able to spend money to grow the business. And if I didn't get an ROI on that straight away, it wasn't so bad. I wasn't going to be in a, in a terrible position, mm-hmm. which is why I think, you know, because you mentioned you can buy these things with profit margins, which is why I think buying is a, is a good route because we can make, you know, mistakes and it's not going to cost us a lot of time. And that's the thing that we're really battling, isn't it? It's not just the, hey, I want to make money online. It's more about the time that we have and us wanting to be able to spend that time doing the things that we, we prefer to do, right? Yeah, and uh, and I made every mistake in the book. I mean, I was there right at the beginning. I mean, I started uh, online in 1994, which was the beginning of the commercial internet. There was the internet military stuff before that, but commercial mm. internet was in 1994, and it was, I mean, it's Wild West today. It was a different Wild West then. We didn't have all the tools that are available now today inexpensively. My first shopping cart cost $2,000. 
And if you wanted to put an affiliate program on, it was another $1,100 from some other company. And then when it didn't work, everybody's blaming each other why it wouldn't work. And if it, if it actually took the order and correctly, we'd have a big office party because it was just always crazy uh, in those days. And uh, there, was no, there was no social media, none of that stuff. But there was email. And that's where, um, still to this day, guys at my level are still making the big money on email. All the social media is a necessary evil to get them the heck off of there onto an email list that you control. Because Mark Zuckerberg can turn one dial and you disappear off the face of the earth. And so uh, I've always uh, used those social media things to get an email list built up. And that's been made me, I mean, I hit multimillionaire status over 21 years ago doing this, only four years after I started online. And uh, the email still is where all the money comes from. I agree. More like the highest percentage of my revenue comes from email marketing. And it's mm -hmm. underlooked at for people, especially people starting in, in online business or, or even buying one. A lot of my clients are looking at businesses that don't have an email list. Could you imagine that, Tom? Imagine looking mm. at buying a business that doesn't have an email no. list. What potential there is for that business. It's crazy. Well, right. Yeah. You could buy it really much more cheaply because if they're clueless enough to not have an email list, they probably are not <laughs> the, the best business people in the world. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about email marketing. What do you think are some pretty solid mm -hmm. principles people should have for harnessing a relationship within their email list and building a better connection to be able to not just provide a solution and make sales, but to provide a great experience through that solution? Well, they still have to get the darn email opened, and that's uh, mm -hmm. where subject lines come in. And, and we use some very powerful copywriting techniques. One is called the Zagarnik Principle, and um, Bluma Zagarnik was a, a Russian psychologist and psychiatrist who discovered the principle of the human mind that the human mind cannot stand unfulfilled curiosity. And so... Uh, in the subject line, if you can make it something curious that people can't stand to not know the answer, then you get enormous open rates. So, for instance, one of my biggest ones ever, I've had a list forever so people know me, was, boy, did I get in trouble, dot, dot, dot. Mm. So they're like, oh, what did Tom do now? I got to find out. I got to open it to see what he did to get in trouble. So that was, uh, that was a big one. So when you can do that in the open, uh, the relationship doesn't matter if you can't get the email open, in other words. So, yes, it's very important to build a relationship, but uh, there's critical things leading up to that that if you mess up, nothing down the line matters. Your beautiful sales letter, your great product, nothing matters if you don't get the email open. So And uh, you do 50 characters or less, including spaces, in the subject line. And I know that if, if you look at your own email platform, how many characters do you actually allot for your subject line? I only allot 36. You know, so you want to make sure your main thing is to the left in everything except Abu Dhabi, which reads backwards, I guess. And then because the right could get truncated. So that's way more important than the relationship to start with. But then once you get them in, then you can actually use the Zagarnik technique again 
to get the click-through rates. Yes. So you, I tell them what, what I did. Uh, you know, I said, oh, boy, did I really mess up. I said something bad to this girl, and, boy, did she freak out. You ought to hear what I said. Click here to check it out. <laughs> so, boom, massive yes. click-through rates because I kind of told them what I did wrong, but I didn't tell them all the details. So the curiosity got the massive click-through rates. So, and uh, and building a relationship. Uh, one, and so now that to answer your question, after you get that part done, open the email, get them to click through to the website. Is you know, I self. You know, I'm kind of an expert at humor. I've done three thousand speeches in twelve countries, and never made less than a hundred thousand dollars per speech in the last twenty years. And part of it is because I make fun of myself a lot. I use self-effacing humor, which is endearing to people. In other words, there used to be a guy called the rich jerk, and that was his shtick to do something. And that's cool. But for yeah. most people, you you know, yeah, for most people, that doesn't work. For most people, if you wanted the likability factor, because most people will tell you no like and trust is what gets people to buy stuff. You know, so I make fun of myself. I don't act like an idiot. I take care of people. I, I actually wrote a book called The One Sentence Business Plan. And if every company on earth would just live by this one sentence, they wouldn't have to spend a million dollars on a on a mission statement that they don't even, you know, adhere to. So the one sentence, uh, sentence business plan is I create quality products that at a reasonable price that people actually want, and I service them after the sale. So that's been my philosophy my entire career. Nothing fancy about it. It's just I came from a small town where you a shake a handshake meant something. You did what you say you're going to do. People can trust you. That's probably one of my claims to fame. People know what to expect from me. They know that I'm going to be fair with them no matter what. So those are things that build relationships with people that make them want to deal with you. Yeah, I agree. It, the trust thing is a is so vital if you want to make it online because there's that many people out there that will tell you a whole lot of garbage and how quick mm -hmm. and easy and cheap it is to make a bunch of money online and you know they've made 22.7 gazillion dollars in 1.9 <laughs> seconds right um, exactly you know by lifting their pinky finger and <laughs> uh it just we're human beings. We're smarter than that. It doesn't make sense. I actually had a call with a client yesterday who wanted to come into my mastermind. So the next step up because he just bought a business and he said, Jared, there's a, a huge difference in terms of like yourself and others that you actually don't promise the world. You wait until we get into your sphere and then you actually over deliver. And that's what you are talking about. People know what they're going to get from you. They're going to get quality. They're going to get a great service. They're going to get a great solution with a smile. And also from you, Tom, some humor. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I talk people, I've probably talked more people out of joining my high level program than joined because yes. if I know they can't be successful, I'm already rich. All right. I don't need. Somebody out there saying, Tom sucked me in and took my money and I didn't get anything from it. That'll hurt me in the long run more than any money I could get from them in the short run. So, mm -hmm. and then also that's uh, people that are on the edge. That's a little bit of what they call a negative sell. You know, it's like, oh, I can't have this because Tom doesn't think I can make it. Well, I'll show him. That's a great person. 
because they get gung-ho and, and they're going to work hard to prove me wrong. I'm okay with that. But if I see somebody just doesn't have the, the drive to do it and they want to get rich quick, no, it doesn't fly. Yeah, I often tell people, well, if I only accept people into my mastermind if they have goals that aren't materialistic. Like I, the reason I want to grow this business is so I can buy this car or whatever it is. I like to, I mean, there's, that's okay. If you want to have those goals, great. But they're not going to actually fit in with the people that are in my community anyway because <laughs> we want to provide a better lifestyle for our families. That's, that's our goal. You know, and a better lifestyle for ourselves. Not, not the other. Not that the other stuff is bad. That stuff can be fun, but it's not where they're gonna actually. They're not actually gonna have a great experience being in in the community. Now, Tom, well, can I take that one step further? Because uh, I don't really have a close family. I'm not married. Don't have kids. I have my dogs, but that's about it. So I'm using what I can do to change the lives of people. My current project is I have this school. It's the only licensed, dedicated internet marketing school in the country, USA, probably the world, but anyway, USA for sure. And so I'm uh, raising money to give scholarships to people with disabilities because it's perfect. They can learn from home and they can legitimately be hired from home. And these mm -hmm. people have suicide rates four times the norm. They have mm. depression rates 3.7 times the norm. Their, their unemployment rates are through the roof. So I can, I've got the strength to do something about this. A guy told me one time, he says, Tom, we have to be able to score for people that can't score for themselves. And so I'm thinking, man, I mean, I can get in the car and drive to the store in 15 minutes and be back. And it takes them an, an hour and a half just to kind of get ready to get in the car. So uh, these are people with physical disabilities. So not only your goal is to take care of your family and yourself, but I'm just taking it another step. That's awesome. Now, for us that are in business, what are some of the, you know, you've, you've been doing this for so long. You've, you cut, business is tough. And the people that actually make it in business are the people that can stick it out, that have they can persevere through a lot of the challenges. One of my favorite books is The Obstacle is the Way. If we can get past the obstacle, the challenge, then we're going we're gonna to be able to proceed and move on until we get to the next one and the next one and the next mm -hmm. one. Now, there's so many of these obstacles that pop up and you would have seen and have experienced many of them in, in your time in business. These things that knock us around, how do you deal with that? When something comes up and it's like, oh, no, like I'm not actually getting this result because this happened or that happened, what are the things, some of the things that you do and are able to teach others to do in terms of having a, a solid but also adaptable mindset? Well, I was taught – I got lucky. I, I You might see this poster behind me, which is a little baby with a pillow in front of him. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe you can see there's a little ball there. See that? Yep. So my dad was 50 when he had me and, and didn't think he'd be around to raise me. So from the time I was able to crawl, he was put my a pillow in front of me and put my toys on the other side to teach me how to overcome obstacles, even wow. before I could walk. Wow. And he only went to the second grade. He came from Syria on a cattle boat. In fact, they're doing a, a Hollywood uh, documentary about my life and, and his life 
called The American Entrepreneurs should be out later this summer. So I had it pretty easy, but some people didn't have that kind of attention as a child. But I will beg the parents out there, don't make it too easy on your kids. <laughs> you're just, you're just asking for therapy and drugs and alcohol and, and bad stuff. Make it hard on them while they're under your control so you can pick them up and pat them on the back and give them the go-ahead. Because I see so many kids, you look at them funny, they go crying and screaming, they can't handle it. So so that's the first thing is uh, if you're a parent, please make it harder on your kids. And then the, the other thing is, is I have a, I play mind games on myself. So this is a mind, kind of a mindset show, I think. When people talk about goal setting, I tell people, you know what? I've never reached a goal in my entire life. So it's a mind game I play on myself. As soon as that goal gets anywhere near, there's one past it. And so I don't even notice the one. The one. So that's how I keep crawling and moving forward. And any these obstacles are just uh, almost like almost like fleas, you know, or ticks that you're just trying to flick off as along the way. You know that they're going to be there. Now, the more you can prepare... And as you get more experience, you can see potential downfalls. Like I can see this, per this person is going to be trouble and I'm going to take their money and it's going to be nothing but trouble. <laughs> so after you, uh, you get enough experience, you can see pitfalls ahead and start to prepare for them easier. In the beginning, like you said, it is very tough. But if you have a, a little bit of narcissism is really good. And I'll tell you why. You know, everybody would, uh, was complaining about our last president, Trump, okay, because he was just a wild man. But the thing that they didn't notice is that he didn't want to be wrong ever. And so he would stay up all night, get up in the morning, slip sleep two hours because he's a narcissist. <laughs> he didn't yeah. want to be wrong about anything. So it's good to have a little bit of narcissism where it keeps you fighting when a lot of people would just quit when they hit that obstacle. So a little embarrassment of not uh, doing something can motivate you to keep going in front of these obstacles. So that's uh, I play mind games, and that's um, and narcissism is good in that little thing right there. Yeah, I think from what I sort of get from you is is it's not something that we just have. Like we've just some people may just say you just you know born to overcome obstacles. Yes, I guess that's for some people that can be a thing. But I, from what you're saying and what I believe as well is that. You can flex that muscle. You can flex that skill and and train it. For myself personally, you know, I used to actually as a just as a man, you know, what we do really really well is like we what we love to do inherently is just solve problems. And when you travel as a solo entrepreneur, and I used to thrive in this as a plumber as well when I was working in my day job, is I used to feel great about solving a problem and getting so many problem solved and making things easier and then creating a system and a process and then I used to do that when I travel and I I kind of look at this in hindsight and this is a realization that I'm just you know download that I'm having right now as I speak to you is that in hindsight I realized that through that time and through that experience I trained myself really to have that resilience to be able to persevere and and tackle challenges now, you as a child with your father putting your toys on the opposite side of the pillow, that is really 
helpful training. I could see that it could, you know, if you put the bar too high, that that could affect the child Mm -hmm. and, you know, it could go the opposite way. But I guess what you say is with a measured approach and under a a healthy and safe environment, you can train not just yourself but your your children as well to have that sort of mindset. You don't go lifting 300 pounds right yes. off the bat, right? You start out slow and you build up and over time it, it improves. And, uh, but uh, another principle that, that I've lived by that uh, gave me some really great breaks is to give before you get. And when I had these um, apartment buildings, in, uh, I, I was still in college and had these apartment buildings, but I, I was charging more in rent than I was paying. So I lived in somebody else's apartment and rented mine out. And the landlord would come over to work on the house and he would be fixing the gutters or something. I'd say, hey, Frank, I'll help you fix those gutters, but you teach me what you're doing. So I I learn, okay? And so he would, and then all year it went on like this. At the end of the year, he came and he said, hey, Tom, I want to talk to you. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do wrong now? (laughs) so, So he said, I want to retire and move to Florida. And in 25 years, I've been renting apartments in this college town. Not once ever has one of the kids offered to help me, let alone want to learn anything. He says, I have a hotel about 20 minutes from here in a different town, and I want you to have it. Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so he says, I'll, I'll hold back the second mortgage. You find the first mortgage which is basically a no money down deal. And this is in the 70s. And then this brings up another concept of persistence and consistency. So, you know, I had these apartment buildings, but I started going to these banks telling them I wanted to buy a hotel. And they're like, and I'm in college, they're kind of shooing me away. It took 50 different lending institutions before I landed the first mortgage. Most people would have quit. Yes. And so I, I, I got the first mortgage. He held back the second mortgage. I only had to go down once a week to to pick up the rent checks and the, the deposits. And we had a manager at the place and I made small repairs. And I made, while I was in college, I made, I think, $65,000 a year in the 70s. And then I sold the building for a couple hundred thousand later after <laughs> I graduated. But it would have never happened in a million years had I not give before I got. I said, teach me, I'll help you. And uh, that attitude can put you so far ahead of people nowadays. Another thing, when you're talking about plumbing, I used to make my own repairs. I don't know where you live. If if you ever have frozen pipes or are you in? Uh, Not not where I live, but yeah, I I definitely have heard of this before, you know, in the UK and cold areas. Yeah. This is why you want to have a mentor. So you know the propane tanks, right? That you're Correct. doing the soldering yes. the copper pipes, right? Yes. So if there's water in the pipe, you could be there for 12 years and you ain't going to solder anything because it, it takes the, the heat away. And so I'm, I'm telling this old plumber guy about this and he says, boy, go get yourself a loaf of bread. And I'm thinking he's messing with me. Just go get something to eat. He said, no, you get yourself a loaf of bread, take a piece of bread, stuff it up into the pipe solder your joint, the water pressure will blow the, the bread out of there. I soldered the joint in about two seconds. <laughs> so having people that have been there and done that and yeah. not, being, not being afraid to ask for help is another way you overcome obstacles. See, people that are too narcissistic that say, I don't want to admit that I don't know anything, 
that's trouble because somebody else has faced this problem. And if you just bone up and say, look, hey, I'm bowing down to you. Please tell me what to do here. Then uh, you can get ahead so much faster. I so agree with this hugely. Like, I think the one of the biggest things that gets in the way uh, uh, for us as entrepreneurs, not just entrepreneurs, but in life is uh, our ego. Ego. And mm-hmm. Do you know how hard it is for somebody <laughs> with an ego to put their hand out for help and say, can, can you just help me with this? Those people that kind of say that they're, I'm a self-made gazillionaire and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> self-made is, is almost absolutely impossible in this day and age when mm-hmm. you can learn something from a YouTube video, a podcast, read a book. They're mentors. Probably not going to get the level of help you need from an in-person mentor that you're going to be able to speak to and get feedback from, but that ego is a killer. That's probably one of the biggest things that gets in the way of us as, as, you know, with wanting growth as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. And YouTube, I mean, I got to tell you, I wired my entire school building for internet. I didn't have to, I could have easily paid for it, but I thought I want to learn how to do this and learn it. So, I, so I'm sitting there on a Saturday learning how to put the little Cat5 connectors on and, and wire in the box and wired the whole thing for nothing. And uh, I recently got my EPA rating. EPA is the Environmental Protection Agency in the U.S. And you have to have that license to handle refrigerant for air conditioners. So I have six air conditioners just in my house and then a rental property and a bunch of other ones. And so it costs a fortune to get anybody to help you. So I said, I'm just going to get my license and I learned how to do it. So just this Saturday, I saved $2,000 servicing my air conditioners in a couple hours. <laughs> so so I just love that. I came from a blue collar, but I learned mm. most of it on YouTube. I just watched yeah. YouTube videos. But That's I had okay. a friend when I got stuck that was an HVAC guy. That's the air conditioning guys. And I called him and he told me what to do. I sent him a picture. He says, do this. And then, you know, but had I fought it out by myself, I might have blown my house. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, well, there's so right. much help. Your whole world, the, the knowledge of the whole world is right here in my yeah, hand. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. In the Use phone. It. <laughs> it's just phenomenal. I mean, I didn't go to college. I haven't been to university or anything like that. I've had no training in online businesses other than at the start google and Mm -hmm. and then hiring mentors over the way and and i noticed when i hired mentors that's when my growth went bananas Mm -hmm. like oh i might have to pay ten thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollars twenty thousand thirty thousand on different mentors each time it's scary to spend i remember spending 30k many, many years ago on a mentor, I was like, am I going to make that $30,000 back? That was a big chunk of change for me. Yeah. But I, I certainly made more back. Um, obviously, you need to do your due diligence on the mentors, but it, it's a scary step to take. It really is. And Tom, well, I want to ask you what, Well, I want to tell you how I turned that idea on its head about 20, no, about 22 years ago now, in that people at my level were charging 50 or 100,000 bucks up front to teach you what they knew. Mm-hmm. And I knew a lot of these guys. They'd be hiding out in Australia if you gave them fifty thousand bucks. They get to get out. <laughs> you know, uh, they wouldn't do it. So I turned it on its head. Where I uh, and I still run the same program this day, seventeen hundred students later, where I charge an entry fee. It's right now it's eight thousand nine hundred, 
but then I tie my success to your success. So I get 25% of your net profits net, but it's capped at 50,000. So you're not stuck with me forever. So mm -hmm. for me to get my 50,000, you have to net 200,000. People love this idea because their risk was knocked way down and they knew I wouldn't disappear on them. So like I said, it's still going uh, to this day and it's got a lot of unique features. This big mansion I live in, people actually live in here for an immersion weekend and we have our own TV studio here and it's all kind of perks that go along with it, but it's very unique. But uh, that took the risk out of the big money up front and then the person doesn't care about you. Yeah, that's with a good offer, the risk is always on the the business or the mm -hmm. mentor and that's the great way to go. Like why would you not? If you actually believe that you're able to help somebody, why not have skin in the game? Why not? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, because, you know, I want them to have skin in the game so they do have a, you know, an entry fee. But, exactly. Um, they know that I got skin in the game because, I yeah, mean, exactly. that entry fee is eaten up with my time. You know, exactly. all of that goes to salaries for everybody that's working here. I don't get the you know a good profit until that fifty thousand starts coming in over time. So, Correct. so uh, that's worked beautifully. And another thing that I'll do that hardly you know, people don't want to do is even at my level, I'll still throw in like consultations as bonuses on product sales and everything. And a lot of people are just too lazy to, to service people. And I get on the phone with somebody. They've waited a month or six weeks to talk to me. They're gung-ho. And they're the most likely person that's going to buy more, join bigger stuff, buy everything, and, and refer me. So uh, a lot of the, the marketers today are very lazy in that they, they won't make that personal connection. They want to be with their feet up on the beach and telling everybody how rich they are, but they, they can't afford their rent, a lot of them. Yeah, they can't. <laughs> and it's a very short-term mindset. They don't, you know, they're not, look, you know, their business may be around for two to three years. That is just, what's the point in building a business, really? That's just, that's just a mess. That's just scary what's you know you're putting all this work into something that's not going to last i was on a webinar i was on a webinar not too long ago where i just threw it out i said ask i said put in the chat box folks how long you've been doing business with me some of them were 28 years and and this was before the internet i mean, <laughs> I mean so they stuck with me the whole way and everybody will tell you that it has a half a brain in sales that it's cheaper to sell something to an existing customer than to go find a new customer. So these people just keep buying stuff and buying stuff because of that one sentence business plan. Reasonable price, quality products, they need them. And I can tell because I got so many email addresses, they tell me pretty much what they need. Mm -hmm. And then I service them after the sale and I'm consistent and they know I'm fair and they know what to expect from me. So put those together. And even if you buy a business, you got to, you got to put those same practices into that business and, and to really grow it. Exactly. I agree. Now I want to ask you one last question, you know, training for this mindset and having perseverance and, and starting with putting our own little challenges and games and small obstacles in our way is going to allow us to help us be far more resilient and, and overcome bigger and bigger, bigger obstacles. Now, that's easy in a safe environment. When crap really hits the fan and something goes bad in business or life, it's, it's, it is hard. It's hard to keep a positive mind frame. It's, it's hard to not be stressed and make decisions based off emotions. 
So what are some of the techniques or things that you would use or principles that you know or teach that help people when things really are bad in business and not in a well, stressed out position? I've been through this and uh, and this is very hard. It's very hard for many people. It wasn't hard for me, but it was. it's very hard is you can't hide from the problem because it's going to get bigger and bigger exponentially the more you hide. Mm-hmm. So the the example I'll give you is I own the second biggest nightclub in the state of West Virginia in the USA. And the drinking age was 18 and it was outside of a college town. And so the in 1988, the drinking age went from 18 to 21 and totally wiped me out. I was on my way to being a millionaire before I was 30. It was seven days a week for four for six straight years running this place, building it up. And then the drinking age wipes me out. Boom. $400,000 down the drain. Six years of my life. A hundred violent encounters with bikers trying to kill me. Gunfights. I mean, I lived through all this stuff. So when this happened, I said, you know what? I'm not going bankrupt. I could have gone bankrupt. They probably have those kinds of laws in Australia. These people trusted me to to front me all this beer and and foodstuffs and equipment. And I'm not going to screw them over. So I went to every single creditor and I said, look, you see what happened. You know, I'm, uh, it's not my fault. If you give me time, I will pay you off. I won't go bankrupt and screw you. And so every single one of them gave me as much time as needed rather than go through bankruptcy and have all these bad feelings. And then, and if I go, went back to that town today, some of those people would say, that's the guy that didn't screw us, you know? So that's a reputation builder. So it's better to face things early because I got out pretty much scot-free other than losing $400,000, but that was my money. I wasn't going to screw everybody else out of money. And if they would have all been coming after me, I'd have had legal fees out the wazoo. I'd have had been running and hiding and, and be embarrassed to go to show my face. So it's face it as soon as possible, whatever it takes, know that it's going to be better then if you turn your back and hide from it or stick your head up your butt or in the sand or wherever you're going to put it and hide, that you will get found out. I like this so much for so many reasons, one of which is that if you don't face it straight away, the problem gets bigger and gets worse. From exponentially. My mm-hmm. Yeah, exponentially. It's like, oh, yeah, here's, here's some cancer in your body. I'll just ignore it, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't lead to anything good. So facing the facing it right away. And what the main message that I got from you, Tom, is something that I've experienced as well in my business and life is that when things don't go so well and when somebody has a bad experience in business or whatever it is, you said you, you didn't want to go bankrupt, right? Mm-hmm. And it's easy. Don't like taking the easy way out is probably – not always the best option. I'm saying most likely, probably. But it depends on the circumstance. Yeah, there could but be taking a, the easy, a situation. Taking the easy way out is is going to have other people that you owe money to, they suffer. So I would say doing, I mean, in my experience in my business, you know, say, say somebody had a bad experience or an event crumbled and the sponsors didn't get to get the exposure that they needed or, or whatever it is. You know, doing the right thing is what's going to get you past this to keep your reputation intact by, you know, sending the money back, putting putting the cost on yourself because 
that's going to allow you to not destroy your reputation. And I think these are the times that people that are watching the scenario happen buy into and trust you even more than the good times. Yeah, because, because they see uh, how you they see how you operate and they see how you handle that sort of situation. So I guess it's when you're in this mind frame though for somebody that's like, oh my god, like I, I could go bankrupt here. I'm going to get a lot of hate. I'm you know I'm going to ruin my reputation and, and it's going to suck. These things happen, like in business and life. Bad things happen. How you handle it is is everything. And what I like to think about personally is that if I do this, if I do the right thing in a year's time, I'm not going to feel bad and I'm going to feel good about the decision I made. It's, I'm going to be stressed in the, in, the, in the position I'm in right now. It sucks. But I know that that's going to pass if I do the right thing. If I don't do the right thing, that bad energy, I'm still going to carry with me forever. And you're going to burn all those bridges because yeah. I could go back to any one of those people today. And they would remember me, and they and and probably do business with me, no, without even blinking an eye. You know, that's kind of, you know, when you're used to seeing everybody screwing you, and then somebody stands up and doesn't, that really creates an impression in your mind. So, yeah, so face the problem; it's going to be bad in the short run. But uh, when everything is going great, anybody can do that. It's yeah. what you do when things go wrong that shows your character. Yeah, I love it. Tom, this has been excellent to chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your decades of experience and knowledge and, and your stories, awesome stories. Where I didn't even get spend- warmed up yet, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do this for two hours. Uh, where can we send people to find out more? You know, what we're doing is we're doing this principle. We're opening a loop here to send people to more of your, your stuff. Where well, can people I find out more f- about I- you? I've got a freebie for them that's, that cool. any kind of business you're in could help. I'm all about automating yourself as much as possible. So I wrote a book called How to Automate Your Business. It's an ebook we sell for 27 bucks, but I'm going to give it to everybody on the show if they would uh, like it. And I can tell you uh, just one of the tips in the book. One, we figured it out. We estimated it a couple of years ago. It saved me seven and a half million keystrokes. Saved me carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> Right. Wow. And uh, and so what happens when you automate things, so many people are fighting with their computer and these computers will do things that you just wouldn't believe rather than spending their time marketing and selling and taking care of customers. So uh, with this book, I was able to handle up to 150,000 subscribers and 65,000 customers by myself <laughs> All right, using these techniques. And everybody's happy. They all still had relationships with me. But the automation, and now you have chatbots, which 85% of the customer service is going to be done by chatbots in the next few years. So, so anyway, it's, um, you can go to screwthecommute.com slash automate free. Screwthecommute.com slash automate free and download uh, that book and put it into play and let me know how it's working for you because it's just it'll just make you lightning fast and you'll be able to actually ethically steal customers from all the schmucks that are out with their feet up on the beach not taking care of people. <laughs> yes, I love it. Not taking care of people. Those guys need to go. Thank you so much. I will put the link to that in the show notes as well for everybody listening. Everybody that is listening, thanks so much for listening. It's I really do appreciate your support in listening. It really does help grow the show. Before you go, I want you to think of two to three people that 
who want to get into online business or already own an online business, please do them a massive favor and share this podcast episode with them. This is going to, yes, help grow the show, but it's also going to help those people that are in business be set up and be prepared and be trained and know how to overcome these obstacles when they happen because they are going to happen in business and in life. So thanks so much for everybody listening and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. 